Hey everybody, welcome back to Cover B. Welcome back to Cover B. We are here with another real extra. <laughs> We're a little late to the game with this one, to be yes. honest. It's been out for a little while. We just haven't really had much of an opportunity to watch it, but we finally did. And we're finally ready to talk to you about it. We are yes. talking about Netflix's uh, anime adaptation of a handful of Junji Ito stories called Maniac. Yes. Tales of the... Macabre. Macabre. <laughs> Macabre. <laughs> so that is what we were talking about today. It is... Uh, how many episodes was it? Like nine? Nine episodes? Yeah, that sounds close to right. Information I should have had ready to go. Uh, each episode is a different short story in the traditional Junji Ito style. Uh, they feature some of Junji Ito's more famous characters uh, making an appearance. Tomoe, for instance. Uh, 12 episodes. 12 episodes. Um, but they're short. They're only like... 24 to 25 minutes long. I believe a lot. I'm not ultra familiar in the overall, like, deep oeuvre of Junji Ito's short stories. I've read a few of his anthologies, some of his longer stuff. Um, I didn't recognize any of these directly. I think they were just kind of original creations for for the series. Um, but yeah, each one features uh, its own kind of short story. Uh, each one wraps up in its own kind of way and then moves on to the next thing. We do see characters drift in and out of different uh, stories. Like some characters in the background of one story will make a you know full appearance in another story, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Which is a little bleak sometimes because you're like, oh, cool, they made it out of that. Whoops, you know. Yeah. Um, and sometimes characters that you're like, I hate this guy, and then all of a sudden he's back again. And you're like, <laughs> can we not? Yeah. <laughs> Each episode is about like twenty some odd minutes, so they're pretty quick. Um, and yeah, T, what were your thoughts? So, it's one thing to read Junji Ito and to kind of like narrate things in your head and they get voices from you and they get like behaviors and personalities kind of from y your own adaptation of it. And then there's another thing to see just how freaking weird it all is when it's being like animated and moving around the screen and how icky mm -hmm. and uncomfortable mm -hmm. it can really be. I I actually, you know, some of the stories felt a little, like, off the edge. A little over the end. Like, a little much. Yeah, yeah. But then some stories, I was like, ooh, that was a really cool way to do that. I really, that that one felt, that's it. That's the Ito right there. That one, that <laughs> yeah. one was on point. Yeah, yeah. But it, it kind of... I feel like there wasn't necessarily a hundred percent quality control from start to finish. Like some were really great, and some I was like, I don't know that I would have included that one. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I um, one thing I dug about it is that um, you know, Junji Ito is a horror master. Yes, he's a master of horror. Absolutely, but he's also kind of a master of comedy he has some really funny stuff this I mean, is also true he has an entire collection of comics that are just about his cats beating the crap out of him <laughs> and relatable yeah and you know <laughs> specifically around his character of soichi which is a little boy that eats nails and practices dark magic he does a lot of dark stuff with that character like i think later on in that character's life he becomes a full-on like necromancer of sorts like a full-on like dark warlock kind of thing 
But for the most part, it's always just weird stuff. He's like magical Dennis the Menace. Yeah, that's you know a great I mean? way to put it. He annoys his family with magic and like torments the people of the town around him with his magic. But then it always like blows up in his face in a funny way. Yeah. And we see that in one of the entries uh, in this. And so I, I did respect the inclusion of some of the weirder, funnier stuff that um True. that Junji Ito can do. Like I like that this wasn't just a full on like, you know, we're gonna have a Tomoe and we're gonna have like a reference to Uzumaki and we're gonna have a reference to like this the 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 holes in the rock. I always forget the name. It's got a long name. I always forget <laughs> the name of that short story, but it's one of the famous ones. Like we're gonna have all these references to this kind of stuff. Uh, and it's all going to be dark and bleak and dark and bleak. And then it's going to be dark. And when you think it's safe, it's going to be bleak. And <laughs> having some of the comedy in there was good. That said, I I, I kind of ruminated after watching it because, like, a good portion of Junji Ito's stories kind of just end. They're just, like, over. Yeah. You know what I mean? And... It works. It's like mysterious. Like they don't really have a lot of resolve. You don't find out why the thing that's happening is happening. You don't find out like a lot of no one stops it. It just like keeps going. Yeah. We see a lot of protagonists in Junji Ito stuff just friggin die. Just be, yeah, whoop, they're gone. <laughs> um, Bye. <laughs> and we've covered a lot of his anthologies on the show. And that is a trend in a lot of those. You know, he often... The most continuing characters in Junji Ito's stuff tends to be the people causing problems. Right. Whether he's trying to make a commentary on that or just trying to get more out of those characters, focus more, you know, uh, time around those characters. Like Tomoe. Soichi. Soichi. Uh, the, the brother and sister duo from the Melting Classroom anthology. Um they constantly go on and do other stuff like they're constantly going on but then the protagonists from stories they're involved in tend to not go on <laughs> yeah they don't make it <laughs> um and again whether that's him trying to make a commentary about how somehow in life shitty people just keep going or if it's just hey i can get more stories out of this either or um but a lot of his stories his short stories tend to just kind of resolve there might be like a monologue at the end. There might be a little bit of a stinger of like, aha, this thing's not over. You thought it was. Uh, but they tend to just end. And it works. But a lot of these also do that. They kind of just like, boop, it's over. Uh, and it doesn't work. And I don't know if that's the medium or just how they felt kind of truncated. Because again, when you're reading something, you can kind of take your own pace with it. Yeah. Um, or when you're reading something, it's going to feel a bit more expansive because you're going to go across more time than you really have. Like animation, everything has to happen in real time. Animation or live action, everything has to happen in real time. In comics and that medium and in narrative fiction, you can let the reader fill in a lot of space by giving them like transitions. You know, like... Yeah. This is a week later. This is a few days later, you know, and you can, hey, we need to go to the hot springs and figure out why our friends are disappearing. And then they show up at the hot springs and, you know, there was a transition there, but you didn't have to waste a lot of your 20 minute block showing them getting in the car and then getting out of the car. Right. 
Um, and that those quick transitions don't work as well in animation. So you do have to spend time kind of doing that. And when you see that, you see a lot of animation short stories like this, like anthologies like this, um, even live action anthologies exist in really confined spaces. And writing a narrative that has like a solid start and a solid end in a really confined space isn't easy. So it makes sense. But I did feel a little underwhelmed by a lot of the endings of these. I think the ones that pulled that off well were the ones that were more traditionally very structured horror. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, it it applies back to a very common horror movie trope. If you think of like a sleepaway camp or anything by um, like Romero where you have like. A, it's almost like a splash image yeah. of something grotesque and horrible and that's how you end it like a shock to the system and then you move on or like any like startling ending to a horror movie yeah. where it's like bah! and then you move on there's one of the stories in um this anthology is um a brother and sister accidentally hit a, a person on the road and the very yeah. end of that worked really well because they had already showed the gun of what was probably going to happen. Then you see like what happens to the brother at the very end. It's startling. It's shocking. And then it kind of ends and that worked. But the ones that were more weird, funny, bizarre and less scary, horror traumatizing that like punctuated ending Mm -hmm. just felt unsatisfying. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Because it doesn't have that kind of, like, structured expectation. Yeah. I do think the second Suichi story had a really good ending. Because it, yes. it did that kind of, like, Suichi gets his comeuppance kind of thing. That is true. That um, is very true. And then the, yeah, the one with the car accident, I liked. I think that one and the one with the balloons were probably my favorites out of the whole anthology. Yeah. The ones with the, the head balloons. Yeah. I won't spoil too much about it's telling you about any of the individual stories uh, would ruin them. But to give you a taste, there's, yeah, there's a story where a pair of siblings hit a woman and they're trying to hide the body and it doesn't go the way they expect. It doesn't there's go well. There's a story with <laughs> mummified monks. There's a story with a tunnel that keeps consuming people. There's a story with uh, decapitated heads floating around like balloons. There's a story where Soichi gets a cat. There's a story where Soichi keeps his brother up at night. Um, there's a story with a weird Adams family type thing where they hold a seance. Uh, I'm trying to think of that one was definitely there's not a my Tomei, favorite. Uh, Tomei, <laughs> to, Tomoe story. Tomoe. Yes. Tomei. Tomi. Why can't I get the name right? Tomoe. Tomei, I think. Tomei. There's one yeah. where children die, uh, died and are ghosts in an alley next to a building. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, yeah, Tomie. Tomie? Tom- Tomie, that's what it was. Tomie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Got I kept, it. kept saying uh, Tomoe, but that's not, that's not right. Tomie. Tomie. Um, who, of course, is Junji Ito's classic succubus character sorry for mispronouncing it i just my brain just realized that i was saying the wrong thing um there's a really gross one about an ice cream truck 
There is a gross <laughs> one about an ice cream truck. That it's one's really nasty. I don't like that one at all. <laughs> but yeah, it, you know, they're all of different variety. Like some are better than others. The seance one was funny at times, but just kind of not the best. Um, the ice cream truck one was kind of underwhelming, uh, aside from being gross. It was real the gross. The first Soichi one was also kind of underwhelming, which I think is based off of... I think both of those, both the Soichi ones are based off of Soichi stories uh, that he's done before. Um, but again, I don't know. I actually haven't read much Soichi stuff, so I don't honestly know. My only real... Aside from the endings at times being kind of underwhelming, my only real criticism is that the the animation was not very good. You know, I'm not an expert on animation. Um, and I know animation's hard, and it's usually done by studios, and it's done by enlisting, like, a bunch of different animators to do different parts. Um, but I guess I just kind of went in expecting, with it being coming out through Netflix, which I don't know if it was originally done by Netflix or if it was um, just something that they co-opted. Uh I just expected a better quality of animation, I guess. And the the animation that we got was just a little kind of boring. It was a, it was a little rigid, a little flat, a little basic. Uh it wasn't it wasn't as great as I think it could have been. So the animation style not the best, not top notch. Uh storytelling was great. The stories were weird and fun. Voice acting was voice good. Voice acting was really good. They got some talented voice people to come in and do some stuff. Uh, and then the endings were just a little mediocre. So I don't know. It was a probably like a B minus for me. You know what I mean? I would watch it again if people wanted to see it, but I probably won't like hunt it down myself. I will say, as with any good anime, <laughs> the opening intro song freaking slaps my guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh my goodness, was that really was good. going, and I'm like jamming out, and it was, that was a vibe. Yeah. That, that was a plus. And the outro is also relatively banger-esque, yeah. so. They do have these like in-credit stinger things, which are these like near poetic soliloquies of, I'm guessing, the maniac, the eponymous maniac that we're, uh, that this anthology is centered around. But it doesn't really pay off. There's not really anything yeah. that comes out of it. I was really hoping that the last story that we watched like the last episode was going to be about that character yeah. as we had been watching them kind of like not watching but like listening to them yeah, develop and then they doesn't very lovecraftian kind of ramblings about a madman um or by a madman and I, it would have been cool to see some sort of like payoff from that other than it just being this like creepy punctuation mark on each episode but uh it was still cool and and well written but yeah true uh just I don't know. I would have liked to see something come out of it. You know I what agree. I mean? I would have. It's an animated show. I would have liked to actually see something. Uh, it didn't didn't feel like it played into the medium very well. So, but I liked it. Genji Ito Maniac. You know, yeah, if you're looking cool. for some horror anime, it's worth your time. And like I said, it's twelve episodes. Each one's like twenty minutes long. It's super fast. So it's a it's a fast watch. It's a weekend watch. You know what I mean? So. And a lot, some of the episodes end up being like half episodes. Like you'll have mm -hmm. two like different two shorts during the whole episode. Not every episode is like a whole thing. I think the Tomie one was that way. So there's lots like 
there's lots of bite-sized chunks to mm-hmm. to you know watch do go do the dishes come back watch more that sort of thing yep so anyway check it out yeah go watch it go you do know, it go steal your parents network or netflix password <laughs> while you can yeah, and right? go out and watch it uh and that's gonna do it for us yes so thank you so much for watching if you want more real extras that we've done in the past you can find them on our website coverbpodcast.com that's right you can also follow us on social media on facebook and instagram at coverbpodcast thanks again for listening i hope you have a great weekend get out there and be kind to one another uh as always i have been chris this has been t it's true and you have been listening to, to cover, cover B. B. bye everybody